G'day guys and girls and welcome to the Extended Ventures annual AFL Mock Draft. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today bud? I am awesome. Um, mainly because for those of us playing at home, I've achieved my goal for the night. I can pretty much go home now. Yeah. This is our third attempt to start because I threw Christian off by cleaning my glasses in the middle of his intro. So it's um I'm done. It's all I'm I can done. it's all I can do to not hit you in the face right now because <laughs> you purposely try to put me off at the start of every podcast and I think this is the first time oh, we've done it a few times in a this row. This is Oh. This is the standard from now on, so I'm God, done. Annoying. I'm hitting the showers. You're <laughs> well, on your own. Well, it's going to be a long podcast without you, mate, because we're diving into the AFL mock draft. So we've obviously got the uh, the 2019 draft coming up in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks' time. And every year, this is a bit of an annual thing for us now. What we like to do is, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the, the under-18s competition. Mm. I love watching the... Uh, the vision. I love looking at the stats and I love looking at the bios of the kids because these are the guys that are going to be the future fantasy stars for our AFL fantasy teams. Absolutely. And being such massive keeper fans as we are, these guys are gold to know about as early as possible so you can track them during Mm preseason and you know which ones you need to be targeting in your um, top-up drafts. I mean, even if you're not a a keeper league coach like us, even just the standard salary cap leagues, you want to know about the underpriced guys, those guys Mm -hmm. that are going to be much cheaper that are going to make you a lot of cash. Yep. Exactly. So we're going to dive straight in. What we're going to, just to give you a little bit of an outline, I'm going to be doing the top 30 picks that Mm -hmm. I think are going to be selected in this year's draft. Now, this isn't a phantom draft. This isn't no. where I think kids are going to go exactly. No. This is That's very important. This is not a phantom draft. This is your selection of who you think mm-hmm. each club should take due to needs and best available at that pick. Exactly. So this is my all my opinion. So, I mean, a few of them may line up in the end to what the, uh, the selections are on the night, but it's not what I'm intending. I'm just going ahead with, after looking at the vision, looking at the stats, looking at the, the way these kids play, where they, I think that they should be drafted by different teams. Yeah. Uh, I will be doing father son bids, so yeah. I'll be you know father son or um, next gen uh, next gen academies. But I won't be doing uh, trades live on the trading, night. So yeah. we're, we're, there's just no way to predict live trading. There's there's one which I'm almost sure is going to happen, which we'll get to a little bit later. Yeah, maybe we cover that at the end. Yeah, let us know which one you think it'll yeah. be. So uh, so we may as well dive straight in now. And cool. realistically, we may as well jump ahead to number three because Rowland Anderson, Rowland Anderson, the first two picks. All right, so pick number one, we've got Gold Coast with pick one. That's Maddie Rowell. And yep. there's no question whatsoever that it's going to be this kid. He is just an absolute ace. He's he's just that all-round player that you want in your team. He's he's yep. a great tackler. He's an accumulator. He's good on the outside. He's much better kick than you would expect for for someone who is so good inside and such a hard nut. Yeah, um, he, he's just the all-round player, really. Exactly, and he's got this this burst of explosiveness that, again, you just don't expect from him. He does the things that you don't expect, and he does them consistently. Yeah. So he's exactly what Gold Coast need in the middle. He's the he's, Absolutely. He, the, the future of their midfield. Exactly. Not to put too much pressure on I mean, the young we guy. We say that every year about every single first-round <laughs> pick for Gold Coast. He's the future of their forward line, the future of their back line. But this kid, if he can, if they can keep this kid and the next guy yep. in their club for yep. years to come... And develop them well. That core is just going to be incredible. Absolutely. Um, and from a fantasy perspective, salary caps, you have to own him. Absolutely. And um, keeper top-ups absolutely mm-hmm. has to go in the first handful of picks. Oh, I would say it's, he is almost... 
just locked in for a keeper league top up draft at pick one. That you someone needs to own this kid because he's playing early, yeah. which is amazing for fantasy leagues. If he's playing for Gold Coast and he's fit, he is definitely going to be on the park. Absolutely, so he will start accumulating straight away. So enough said on Ralph Anderson, number two, Noah Anderson. So this guy's a little bit different. They're bur- they're best mates basically from uh from Oakley Chargers days and look. <laughs> He, he's the match winner, Noah Anderson. So he's that X factor. He's not going to get as much of the ball, but what he does with it is absolutely incredible. He's a great midfielder. I, I, there's been a lot of, you know, comparisons to Nat Fife. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I think that this guy kicks at goal a lot better than Nat Fife. So <laughs> yeah, he's a Fife's much kicking more... isn't his strong point. No, no. And, and don't get me wrong. Fife is one of the best players going around mm. these days. But if he has a weakness, it's that. And Noah yeah. Anderson has a great strength in when he plays forward and when he clunks a big mark because he's got a great reach on him. Mm, absolutely. He kicks goals more regularly than not. So yeah. he, he is a match winner. He's someone that you can throw the ball to and just know that he's going to do something with it. Um, a little bit... I mean, I would probably say more Bontempelli-like than Nat Fife if I was going to make comparisons. Yeah, okay. But And he's just a slick mover through the midfield as well and great with a contested ball. So yeah. he, he gets the ball out to the uh, outside runners. I just think these two guys playing for Gold Coast... Oh, what a one-two punch. Oh, they're going to be fantastic. I, I love what they're... So, it, and it's locked in. Like, yeah, done deal. Why wouldn't Gold Coast want to take best mates who, if you can keep them together, that's only incentive for them to stay at the Gold Coast. Absolutely. Which is Absolutely. something they um, Yeah, I got no bones to pick the bones to. <laughs> no, I didn't think you would because they've been locked in for the past year. Pretty much. So we'll get on to pick three and yep. I think this guy almost selects himself as well. So we've got Melbourne up next. Yep. What Melbourne lack for me is a little bit of class, a little bit of decision making mm-hmm. and a bit of ball movement rather than just, you know, those big hulking types in the midfield or the back line. So yeah, absolutely. I'm taking Hayden Young with yeah. pick number three. Yeah. So No surprises there either, really. He's probably one of the best kicks in the draft, like by a long way. Uh, he's a good intercept player in the back line as well. You can throw him up onto a wing as well if you need a little bit more movement there, which we mm-hmm. know that Melbourne have recruited pretty hard for in the, in the trade yeah, Their wing's looking good on paper at the moment, mm-hmm. but he can really help drive him out of half-back, I think. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, he, he reads the play really well. Mm. So he's a, he's a great decision-maker, reads the play, intercepts the ball. He's just got all those things that I think they desperately want. So Jake Lever's not always on the park, and he's that third-up, you know, tall-marking type. Yep. While Hayden Young's not the best mark going around, he can read the play so well that he can get to a ball that other people wouldn't. So mm-hmm. I, I just love what this kid will bring to Melbourne. Yeah, I, I think he's a great choice. Interesting um, from a fantasy point of view because yeah. look, I don't think he'll be a great accumulator straight up. Um, there may be some cheeky plus sixes kicked yeah, around I in think the back line. long term, he's going to be a good fantasy option. He's going to have um, defensive status for a long time. So I think that it's a really good... Yeah. If, if he's got that status, you can hold on to him knowing that it's going to be a bit more development. Yeah, S- salary cap-wise, I'll wait to see preseason and see what sort of job security he's got because he'll be high-priced. Um, in keepers, though, I think he goes early. Redraft, probably not interested at this stage. Yeah, no, not so much for me either. So, uh, Adelaide, yes. pick four. All right. Now, if I'm Adelaide... I'm making the first bid here. I'm making the first bid, mm. and that's for Thomas Green. Yeah, so Thomas right. Green, Academy player out of Canberra for GWS, and it is taking me all of two seconds for, to match if I'm GWS. This kid is an absolute gun. He's probably one of the best inside players to come out of the draft since, like, maybe Paddy Cripps. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute beast. 
He is just a contested ball demon. So he's got great distribution by hand as well. So his mm-hmm. handballs to find the player on the outside yeah, are second really to good. none in this draft. He is an absolute champ. And he reads the ball so well off the ruck tap. His reflexes are just uncanny. Yeah. So there's just so many, just those little like clips of him looking almost like Simon Black reading it off the ruckman and getting it straight out yeah, to a guy right. on the run. It's great to see. And GWS, look, this is a tough one because realistically he should be a fantasy gun. He yeah. straight out of the gate. But Absolutely. He's, he's going into a GWS team who are already struggling to get Jai Caldwell and Jackson Hately onto their. Best Having 22. said that, he's gonna. He, I think he's a better player than them. I think he already. So I think he yeah. probably jumps them. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened with Toronto when he got taken at pick two by GWS. Yeah. He got immediate games because he was that good. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Yes, there's a risk there, but I still think he plays a lot next year. The worry for me is he plays too similar a role to Jacob Hopper. And Jacob Hopper, for me, has cemented his spot in the best 22 Mm. more so. And specifically in the role of inside midfielder, accumulating inside midfielder. Hopper can't really play anywhere else, can he? No, exactly. He he can play a little bit up forward, but not really. Uh, When they have someone like Caldwell or Haightley who would play better up forward than him. Mm. I think that Hopper's got his spot in the side well ahead of... um, Thomas Green yeah. for the first bit. And yeah. So he is going to struggle. He's not someone I would take as early as, obviously, a Matt Rowell in your Keeper League top-up drafts. And I wouldn't be looking at him in uh, salary cap leagues because he will be more expensive being at the top of the draft. Mm. And I don't think he's going to get early games. Yeah. Look, if he's named round one for me, I'm definitely interested in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably looking at him earlier than you in top-up drafts for keepers just because I think the upside is going to be huge and I'll reach for him to get him. Yeah, don't mind that. Um, Um, I am interested to know why you're going for a bid with him at Adelaide because he doesn't seem like the sort of player they need. He's too good. He's too good. It's just best available to you? It's just absolutely best available. So while I think that... Because I mean, Crouch, Crouch, Sloan. Sloan's getting on a bit, but those three are are doing the same role that Mm -hmm. Green would for them. Green will be better than all of those players, in my opinion. (coughs) Uh, Look, realistically, Melbourne, based on talent, could have easily made a bid with him at pick Mm -hmm. three, but they've got even more of those guys. They've got even more just plain vanilla, tall, powerful midfielders. Um, And they definitely don't need him. And Hayden Young is probably on the same level as Thomas Green for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Not obviously in terms of playing style and that sort of thing, but in terms of raw talent. Yeah, okay. And, And Thomas Green, he's just too good to pass up. You have to take a bit on him there. Yeah. And, and GWS obviously are going to match it. Yeah, so. they will. They'll be pissed because they yeah. wanted to get ahead of this pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Though I don't think it matters where the bid comes. They're they're taking him. Yeah, one hundred percent. So the next pick, obviously, Adelaide get pushed back. Mm-hmm. So Adelaide are making the pick five, and this is probably going to be one of the more surprising picks. Uh, because there's a lot of great players here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sam Flanders. We've got Lockie Ash, who's been really highly touted. Mm-hmm. But for me. I want, a, I want a South Australian boy if mm-hmm. I'm the Adelaide Crows because obviously, you know, uh, drafting is all about mitigating risk. There's, mm-hmm. there's always that risk mitigation and don't get me wrong, it shouldn't be forefront in your mind but if you can take someone from your home state who you love, mm-hmm. there's always that little voice saying that's a really good yeah, thing. Yeah, for, for me, the homegrown factor is always, it's not, a, like you said, it's not a key decision-making point but if you've got guys neck and neck, mm-hmm. for me, it's that little extra value add that might tip someone ahead. Exactly, and these guys in that sort of 5 to 12 bracket are all sort of very close for me. And this guy also suits exactly what Adelaide needs. So I'm taking Dylan Stevens at pick five. 
Now, Dylan Stevens. That's, yeah. that's arguably quite early for him. Quite early, but Adelaide want, will want this guy. If I'm Adelaide, I want an outside running midfielder with endurance enough to play straight away, a lot of speed, someone who can just make plays. And I don't know if you've seen the vision recently of him delivering the ball to uh, to forwards on the oh, mark. He's, he's, yeah, he is he's an, good absolute champion. So he is one of the best in this draft at what he does, being an outside playmaker mm-hmm. and also being one of the best performers for South Australia last uh, this year, earlier this year. And look, if I'm Adelaide, that's the kind of player I want on my team. Someone who provides that difference, that that sort of X factor, because their midfield, like you said earlier, is very one-paced and very basic. Yeah, absolutely. They need <clears throat> they need some pace. They need some run in mm-hmm. there. I think you saw that with some of the guys that they moved on in the off season um, over trade period. Um, <clears throat> your oh, mind blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Camillus Yolman and yep. Hugh Greenwood are, are more of those inside balls mm-hmm. that they probably didn't really need. So, absolutely, I think that. He fits the type of player that they definitely need. Mm-hmm. And look, again, a lot of people are sort of ranking him a little bit further behind some of the players that I'll take later. But I think if I'm Adelaide, this is the guy I want. I want the homegrown guy who can <laughs> provide exactly the sort of run off of. And he can even play off halfback if necessary. Yeah, I think I could. You could make an argument maybe for Ash as well here. See, I think they've got two. If they're talking about playing Bryce Gibbs in the halfback line, and they've already got Rory Laird, that's they've the, already got Wayne Miller, or they've got too many that's halfbacks the thing. already. If, if yeah, they would need to move one of those halfbacks to the wing to mm. provide that run, and then slot Ash in at halfback. I could see the argument for that because he's got that explosive pace which they lack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would mean a, a Miller or maybe a Brody Smith or somebody else and moving Brody to the Smith, wing. I forgot about Brody Smith. They've just got so many of that sort of player. Um, all right, so I'm but yeah, I don't hate that one. I'm moving on to pick six, which is Sydney now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm the sort of player that Sydney <coughs> classically have liked is that tough, contested beast who can who can play a bit of forward, a bit of midfield, even a bit back if you need someone who's very versatile. And mm-hmm. I'm doing exactly the same thing here. I'm taking Sam Flanders with pick six, and I'm incredibly happy if I'm Sydney and I get Sam Flanders all the way back there mm. because just as a general forward, he's he's so damaging. His impact per possession is one of the best going around in this draft pool. Um, his one-on-one play, he's just so strong and so bullocking, mm. when it, whether he's in the midfield or up forward. And as I said, his contested ball, so he's a better mark than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uh, sort of in-and-under work as well. There's a lot of, mm, like maybe Robbie Gray or Isaac Heaney, something like that about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that guy who can go up forward and take the big grab and kick the goals, but also you really want him in your midfield as well. So you're spoiled for choice. And considering they've got players like Lukey Parker, uh, Josh Kennedy's getting a bit older, this is the sort of guy that could be playing more in the midfield as well as as he yeah, needs to. Yeah. Explosive, athletically very gifted, mm-hmm. good user. Um, I think they need to rejuvenate their midfield a little bit. And I think he can... Yeah, he gives them a bit of versatility, which I like. Super happy with uh, with Ned Flanders there. <laughs> Ned Flanders. <laughs> not, not a slip of the tongue. I am calling him Ned Flanders for the rest of his career. Um, and On from Ned. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just a, a quick fantasy note as well. Definitely mm. a fantasy tick from me. He is going to be very good, and they should start using him in the midfield rotations quite regularly. Yep. Um and I think with our Papley, you know, possibly talking about moving on again next year, depending on how that trade goes, I yep. think they'll want to get early games into him to prepare for him being best 22. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll backtrack slightly as well. Um, what's your fantasy take on Stevens? 
on Stevens, not so much. Not not right away. He's gonna he's gonna be a, a more of a developing player. It's gonna take a little bit of time for him to be anywhere near fantasy relevant. It's not for me. Yeah, that was my thought as well. Particularly um, Adelaide don't necessarily have a history of playing their rookies no. early. No. Just look at I mean, Chase Jones did play a couple of games earlier this year, but he needed a fair bit of development yeah. still. So, uh, cool. Okay, so we'll move on to pick seven, which is Fremantle. Um, and I think you know exactly who I'm going to take here. You've, I've you've, got a pretty good idea. You've known who I'm going to take for a long time. And I don't know why a lot of people, particularly in the Victorian media, media rate him a fair bit lower than this. But Devin Robertson is an absolute lock at seven for me for Fremantle. The leadership characteristics oozing off of this guy are just incredible. I mean, he led the uh, the WA boys to, a, to their first win in a long time in the Under-18 Championships this year. He's one of the, His reflexes in the stoppages are, Im, are just amazing. Just his stoppage work in general, again, he's second only to Tom Green for me in this draft. Uh, he's even a little better than Matt Rowe, realistically. He mm-hmm. racked up 30 possessions, I think he averaged 30 I think it was possessions. about 30, yeah. That's more than Matt Rowell did this To, to year. win the Lark medal, which, um, for those that don't know, is the the MVP, basically, mm-hmm. of the Under-18 Championships, to win the Lark medal in a year that Rowell and Anderson and Green, Green missed a few games, mm-hmm. I think, with injury, but particularly Rowell Anderson, to win in that year... Sarong as well was very yeah, good this year. Yeah, that says something. It's, he is going to be an absolute gun. And like I said, he's the, he's that kind of player that you want at your club. You want this guy. You want you want to be, you know, uh, in the future, he's, abso- he's almost lock for captain. You feel like your future is in good hands. Exactly, him. yeah. I mean, that's putting a lot of pressure on the young kid. But I, I think he's up to he, it. He gives off the impression that he can handle it. The other thing is he's got a surprising run and carry about him as well. Like mm. He's great in the stoppages, but he's got that bit of, uh, you know, almost Clayton Oliver or Trelaw about him where he can really move away from the stoppage and actually take rip the ball away and just go yeah. on a run. So, and I think... Look, Frio do have a lot of young midfielders mm-hmm. like Brayshaw, like Chera, those sorts of guys. Yeah. This is someone who's perfect to add into that mix as well for me. Yeah, for, for me, there's a little bit of um, um, a little bit of Andrew Brayshaw in the sort of vanilla-ness and safeness of him mm-hmm. as a player moving forward. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? A little bit, but I think this guy, Andrew Brayshaw, would probably be more of an inside specialist, whereas this mm. guy can play inside or outside. Yeah, I, I, I'm not talking about the type but, of play they do. he does do. have that safety about him. Yeah. You're not taking a massive punt and going, oh, we're going to risk this athletic X-Factor player. Yeah, it's, it's like a... It, it feels like quite a safe pick. Um, I think Frio needs safe, to be honest, sometimes. Like, <laughs> our, dra- our, our drafting history isn't the best at no. times. So. <laughs> no, it, it isn't. You, you've taken some punts before and they've fallen down, yeah. way down. Yeah. No, as a Frio fan, I'd be overjoyed if we got him at seven yeah, there. Absolutely. And um, from a fantasy perspective, I'm gun very all, excited. Gun all over him, no question Very whatsoever. excited. Um, okay, so the next pick is Melbourne. Uh, and as a Frio fan, I think you're not going to be particularly happy about this because if I'm Melbourne, I'm making a bid on Liam Henry. Ooh, you're right. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, I did not think you would be happy. So I may as well bring it up now. I think that uh, when live trading comes into play, I think Frio are desperately going to be trying to get Melbourne's pick number eight off of them in order okay. to in order to take a uh, another player who we will bring up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and as a result of that whenever the bid comes from Lee, for Liam Henry maybe a couple of picks later they'll be able to have two players picked up before, before him getting yeah. him so and having three players in the top end of this draft would be absolutely incredible but 
at the moment, we're not doing live picks. So, uh, sorry, uh, live trading. So, Melbourne have made a bid and Fremantle are obviously going to match it. Absolutely. Because Le- he's just got such mercurial X factor about him. So, if you were talking about before uh, Devin Robertson being safer mm-hmm. and someone that you know you can trust, he's got consistency. This guy, he might not have the same level of consistency, but his evasiveness, his his just ground ball pickups and just that mercurial nature of him. He's got such great goal sense. Yeah. He's the perfect guy that you can have. Like, everybody this year has been just saying, Michael Walters, Michael Walters Jr., you know. Yeah. It's basically yeah. Michael yeah. Walters Yeah, one touch, skillful, mm-hmm. um, can make something out of nothing, doesn't need a lot of touches to impact the game, no. and when he does touch it, he's just going to Someone electrify. Wow people. Yeah, he, he can... Just electrify a crowd. He, he, he will get the crowd on their feet. Exactly. So, and I think that's something exciting that Frio can bring into their team. And obviously, Absolutely. being a next gen academy player, it. it our, our first next gen player that we'll mm-hmm. really be going after. So, absolutely, we'd be we'd be matching that bid. Yeah. And I think he will. Um, I've completely lost my train yeah. of thought. Well, you'd, you'd, be ha- you'd be happy with it, but at the same time, you would hope that a live trade could have been pulled off to try and get someone else before this bid comes. Because yes. I honestly think that Liam Henry deserves a pick inside the back end of the top 10. He's yeah, that good. He's great. I remember what I was going to say. What he does is he completely releases Walters into the midfield. He does. Not that Walters has spent a huge amount of time up forward the last 18 months or so, but it completely removes the need to for him to go up there mm-hmm. because this guy can just do it all up there and exactly. in his place. And from a fantasy point of view, it's a no. I mean, he's, a, yeah. he's going to be a small forward for a fair few years. He's going to be a very slow burn, maybe in deep, deep keeper leagues if you desperately want no, to try I'm not now. interested. Not interested. He won't... He's not a ball winner. He'll look good and he'll be flashy, but from a fantasy perspective, not interested. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Melbourne's going to take its pick at number nine instead. And I think that this guy's fallen too far for me, and that's Caleb Sarong. So, yeah. Caleb Sarong has fallen a long way, and Melbourne would be super happy to take him with pick nine here. So, he's that sort of inside mid slash, uh, you know, medium sized forward. Mm-hmm. His impact per possession is fantastic. He's a great contested ball winner. He's a, he's a good contested mark over his head as well for someone who's only, you know, 180 centimeters odd. Yeah. Um, and he's just so talented. He racks the ball up. So he was one of the best uh, fantasy scorers throughout the under-18s competition this year as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I think actually he, uh, if you did track it all the way, that he scored the most points on average yeah, uh, from yeah. a fantasy point of view. Look, I think that at Melbourne it's not going to be particularly great because he may struggle for games, have to play in the VFL to break into the side. Yeah, But he's that sort of Christian Petrarca-like player. That's who what can... I was going to say. He reminds me a lot of... Petrarca in his sort of powerful explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just he's got a great leap on him as well. So he might mm. look small, but he plays a lot taller than that. Yeah, and it's something a little bit different. So they they need someone who can provide that bit of X factor, that bit of grunt in the forward line as well, if necessary. Mm. Um, and they don't really have too many small forwards, which is why I was going for Liam Henry. Yeah. with the pick before, and I think that this is the best of both worlds for Melbourne. Um, and, yeah. and just a great pick. He's, he's such a he's highly rated youngster. He's young an absolutely a great player. I, I I feel like he's not necessarily the player that Melbourne need, but one they'd be overjoyed to get. He, he's too good to pass up on at that point. Absolutely, and I agree 100% that it 
if he slides this deep, whoever gets him is going to get a bargain because I think he's going to be great. Yeah. So number ten is Carlton, and I think this is another guy who slid just too far for me to ignore. It, it's almost you couldn't not pick him in the top ten, and that's Lockie Ash. Yeah. So look, Carlton have basically just gone with best possible player here, and he is definitely sort of the the top sort of uh, one of the top players in this tier. Uh, yeah. This grouping of uh, of under eighteen players, he's just got that line breaking run, that damaging kick, that sort of he could almost replace Cade Simpson immediately. Like mm. we know what uh, Sam Doherty has gone through uh, with the two ACLs. Who knows if like it's sad to say because I desperately want to see him back on the park, but who knows if we'll be able to see him get back to his absolute best off of halfback? Um, yeah, uh, even if we do, it'll take him a little mm-hmm. while. Uh, SPS, Sam Trevsky seaton has been great off the halfback line with his yep. run and carry. And yep. I think this, for future years, it would be almost amazing to have these guys on either halfback line. Yeah, I, see, I think they complement each other really Very well because well. they can both attack off halfback in different ways. Mm-hmm. SPS think- is more like a pinpoint passer. He's got some pace as well, but Ash can just get it and run. Ash, Ash tends to make sometimes poorer decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. SPS makes makes bit more bit better decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lockie Ash tends to just grab the ball, tuck it under his arm, and, and just go. Off. Yep. But it works more often than not, and he moves the ball forward. And the other, his defensive work is underrated as well, which mm-hmm. Colton will absolutely love. So, I mean, getting him all the way down at pick ten. Just how lucky are you? You'd just be overjoyed to get Lucky Ash down there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I think he's he, he'll just add to that young talent that Carlton's running with. Yeah. And so it fits. It doesn't necessarily fit a massive hole that they've got, but he could definitely slide right in. Um, mm. Look, again, because he'll have defensive status, he's interesting from a fantasy point of view, but... I don't know I'm that he'll ta- get a lot, no, a lot of possessions. I'm, I'm not particularly overjoyed. It could, it could be almost like a, a Jasper Pittard sort of... Role mm. where he he needs to move the ball uh, with run and carry as opposed to chipping and marking and chipping and marking. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll there'll be enough volume there and early in his career. Maybe as he develops and he picks up more plus sixes or he can take on more of a intercepting role perhaps. Yeah. But early on, I'm with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, number eleven is Hawthorne. and look, Hawthorne I think are going to do something a little bit different to what they've done in the past here. Uh, and they're going to, to pull out a very, you know, left-wing Hawthorne move. And they're going to take the first Ruckman of the draft. Really? If he's available at this point, I'm taking Luke Jackson. Wow, that no, is a surprise. No question. Look, if Freeman, this is the guy that I was talking about that Frio would want mm-hmm. with that pick eight possibly from Melbourne. So he could go as high as pick eight for me. Yep. A lot of people are talking about him. Someone mentioned the other day he could go with pick four or five. I think that's overreaching by a long way. He's a ruckman. He's, he won't. Yeah, there's, so the, he's going to go higher than a ruckman has gone for many years. I mean, Grundy even went to pick 18 or 19 from mm-hmm. memory. Uh, and look, Luke Jackson's got all the talent, all the ability to put together to become one of the best ruckmen in the competition. He's got... His follow-up work is second to none in this year's draft. His he his ground ball gets for a guy who's like 198 centimeters are amazing. He's already got peak levels endure, of endurance, mm-hmm. and he's 94 kilos, 198 centimeters. He's ready to play right now. Uh, mm. The other thing too, he can play up forward a little bit. He can definitely pinch hit up forward because he takes a great contested grab. How much would Hawthorne love a true second Ruckman who can play well in the forward line? 
They've only mm. got Ben McAvoy and John Segler at the moment. That's it. Yeah, they, they'd definitely they, be handy, I they guess. They played Ben McAvoy in defence to surprise West Coast last year. And yes, it was a fantastic move for that one game. But that's not going to be good going forward. As soon as teams know to pra- plan and prepare for it, they will take advantage of that move. Absolutely, just, yeah. So, great surprise tactic. Won't work going forward. So, I think having Ben McAvoy and making John Segler the backup Ruckman with with Luke Jackson actually coming into the side to play as a second Ruck slash forward would be the best move. And I think this is a very left-wing Hawthorne move to make. I think it's very left-wing. I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, I... Where's their ruck future, man? It's a good point. It's a, this is the thing. They've got a lot of midfielders. Tom Mitchell coming back. He's going yeah, to push. But... He's going to push even um, Warple to play more half forward time because they've got O'Meara. They've got Liam Shields. They've got and they've got a lot of younger guys as well who are taking their time in the VFL to develop. Yeah. They've got half backs. They've just recruited Scrimshaw, who they want to get back on the park. They've got smaller forwards. Maybe they could do with a small forward. I feel like small forwards are really where they need something. The next sort of small forwards, for me, fall back in terms of talent. You would be reaching to take a small forward here for yeah, me. Yeah, true. I don't know. It just... I know there's been a lot of talk of him as a top 10 pick, but it just feels early for me for a Ruckman. Mm. He's, he's that next level of Ruckman for me. He's just... He's too know. good. Look, do you reckon he's got more of a growth spurt in him? 199 centimetres is... A little undersized for Ruckman these Ooh, days. Ooh, interesting. Well, generally, uh, you know, young boys don't stop growing until they're about 20 or so, and this yeah, guy's 18. true. But uh, even if he doesn't, he's got that athletic leap that not a lot of other Ruckman have. So he can his leap is massive. So his tap work does need a little bit of work. He's similar mm-hmm. to... Uh, Tim English in that sort of uh, respect. So yeah. while he's not, yeah, he, he was most... a midfielder who had a growth spurt and Ex- became a ruckman. Exactly. And yeah. look, I think he's this, still learning the craft. This guy's got the ability to become one of the best ruckmen in the club. <laughs> so if I'm Hawthorne, I'm taking Luke Jackson right there at pick eleven. All right, I think it's an interesting one. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but we'll move on because <laughs> we've eaten up enough time. We'll move on to Port Adelaide because they've got pick twelve. And look, if I'm Port, I'm looking to sew up a key position spot. Yeah. Um, and they've had their eyes on this guy for a while. I think it's pretty obvious they're taking Fisher McCasey. Um, look, he's a key defender, 195 centimetres. He's one of those sort of McGovern, Grimes, intercepting players that also has a has just great closing speed. So he's a much better one-on-one defender than, uh, than Jeremy McGovern is, then no question. So maybe Grimes <laughs> would be the better comparison because this guy off the mark can get to a ball to spoil it so quickly. Um, and he's just got that versatility about him as well because... He can play as an interceptor. He can play, so a third sort of tool. He can play as a key defender, and he can even be pushed up into the forward line, even though I think he's a better defender than a forward. Um, I think Port could really benefit from someone to sort of have as a pillar in mm. one of those key position posts that they can build around for the next few years. Because they did they did draft very well last year, and they took a lot of those like midfielders. They took a lot backs. of runners. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're thinking they, they lock up the key positions a exactly. little bit. And, and he's the you, best key position player, aside from Ruckman, in this draft. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Do you see him as being a... Um, lock, them locking him down into a role, or playing him as more of a swingman? Um, maybe a, a sort of a Westhoff type role. May, maybe as a bit of a swingman to start with, uh, to see where he best fits. Um, 
it's it's going to be interesting to see where he actually settles. But I still think he's a better defender than forward. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's just a nice, easy pick for Port Adelaide. Cool. And, and obviously, no real fantasy no interest there. Fantasy interest is nada. Luke Jackson earlier, one hundred percent. I'm taking him in a keeper league early because he should play some games next year. Oh, you're all all in on Jackson. All aren't about you? Luke Jackson. All about Luke. Jackson. So not only have you got a ruckman in the top ten, you've got him playing. Significantly Play, year playing one. Playing some games. So I would say that he, I would pencil him in. If he goes to Hawthorne, because they do have those mature guys and they'll be pushing for finals, I'd say six to eight games. Um, if he goes to a club, uh, you know, if he does go to like a Fremantle, unless Darcy is 100% fit, I could see him playing 10 to 12 games. All in. Very interesting. Right, interesting. Uh, okay, number 13. Pick 13 is the Western Bulldogs. So the Bulldogs have just been sitting by, you know, biding their time. Uh, they've sewn up a lot of the uh, the holes that they had in their list. They've got a really competitive team, I think, heading into next year. So yeah. if I'm them, I'm taking the absolute bargain that is Brody Kemp. So yeah. he's fallen all this way because of an ACL. So teams know that he's not going to play a lot next year. The Bulldogs will not care about that. They'll take their time with this kid because he's got that something special. He can, he's that true utility. He can play anywhere and have an impact anywhere on the field is the amazing thing. His movement in traffic. So when he's playing in the midfield, it is just absolutely elite. And his vision to spot up uh, you know, markers on the lead is just incredible. Uh, he's, got, he's got a lot of you know, work that obviously he'll have to do to come back from injury, but I just think that having Brody Kemp fall all the way back to pick 13 is just an absolute... It's it's a bargain. It's a, I can't say anything else. Yep, I... Um yeah, I can't really say I can disagree yeah. with that one too much. I think, like you said, Bulldogs have got a, a pretty decent list on face value, so they can afford to give them a bit of time to mm-hmm. recover. Yeah. They And it fits perfectly with Beveridge's love of swinging players between positions and 100%. having really flexible teams. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Fantasy-wise, not this year, obviously, because he'll no. be recovering. Um, and you can probably let him slide in keepers as well. I, I wouldn't be looking at him really particularly in keepers at all this year. I think he's one that you leave to the bench and see what happens next year in 2021. Yeah. Um, so next pick is Geelong uh, at pick 14. And Geelong, for me, I, I'm thinking, even though they've got Charlie Constable waiting in the wings, they know that a lot of their inside contested players are getting very old. They've got a, a lot of players they need to plan to replace. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to take the best inside midfielder at this point in the draft, mm-hmm. uh, who's who's also that someone who can go into the forward line as well so that they can develop more in the team, uh, whereas Charlie Constable is just an inside midfielder, which has held back his development. Yeah. So I'm putting a bid in on Finn McGuinness. Ooh, interesting. Hawthorne father-son prospect. So this is the first father-son prospect from Hawthorne in, in a while. Mm. Um, and Hawthorne are absolutely matching it. So no question whatsoever, Hawthorne are going to match this pick. He's just got that high level of production. Course, his, his core strength is absolutely incredible to maneuver himself out of a tackle. Um, and he's a much better overhead mark than you would think. So he can play up in the forward line a little bit. Hawthorne will love that. Because it allows Tom Mitchell, Jaeger O'Meara, Warpool to play through the midfield a lot more, and this guy to develop in the forward line off the half forward flank, something something around about there. Um, and it also because they know in the back of their minds that they're guaranteed to get Finn McGuinness, that mm. also helps with the t- decision in my mind to take Luke Jackson earlier. 
Yeah, that's probably a good point, actually. I hadn't considered that. So, for me, Finn McGuinness, the cats take a bit here because, I mean, why wouldn't you take someone who can replace those inside midfielders? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And Hawthorne are matching it, no question. So, And this guy is going to be a very good fantasy player as well. So, he's going to slide in drafts. So keep an eye on him. He's going to be a bit cheaper in salary cap leagues because he's fallen a bit later. Mm-hmm. So if he gets named round one, I'm having him in my salary cap league. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he'll play year one. Um, like you said before, they, Hawthorne do have a lot of midfield names mm-hmm. and a lot of them are young and they're developing. And um, So, yeah, I'm not sure how much he'll play, but... I think when he does play, he will be pretty solid. Yeah. And I'd be interested in keepers. So Geelong's pick's been pushed back now to 15. And I, if I'm Geelong, I'm sort of taking a step back and rethinking my decision here and mm-hmm. going, all right, so the best inside midfielders off the board, what do we want? Do we want a small forward? No, I don't think so. They've got a lot of those sorts of players. Yeah, they've got players. There's not another inside midfielder that I want at this spot in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sew up a key position spot yes, here. Yes, please. Josh Worrell. Josh Worrell is probably, like, behind Finn McGuinness, he's definitely the best key position player in this draft, and he's a much better forward than than, uh, Fisher McCasey. Sorry, I said Finn McGuinness earlier. He's probably Um, better forward than him as well. Yeah, true. Um, So, Fisher McCasey is a much better defender than forward, and Josh Worrell is a true swingman. So, he plays fantastically in both roles. Uh, Look, he's a great great shutdown player Mm -hmm. in the back line. Uh, he's fantastic at reading the play, and that's what sort of makes the difference there. I think because the Cats have gotten rid of Lockie Henderson now, mm-hmm. Harry Taylor is really getting on. He's got Surely one more one year, year left. Surely that's, this that's is his last be year. It. Zach Tui is getting older. We know Jordan Clark last year can sl- can sort of slot into that role. Yep. And we all know Hawkins isn't exactly young I, anymore. I, if, if I was Geelong, ideally what I really want is someone to replace Hawkins Mm -hmm. but that person's not in this draft exactly so Josh Worrell is a fantastic prospect now obviously from a fantasy point of view he's a key position player it's a no no you're not interested but I think this is a great selection for Geelong yeah I agree I think he's um, he's a good option for him I think yeah like you said fantasy wise not interested it wouldn't surprise me if at some point five six seven years he's one of those intercepting defenders who has a bizarre breakout career best year that you can grab off waivers for yeah. uh, for <laughs> half the season or something um, just based on plus sixes from intercepts mm-hmm. but until that happens not interested no. so the next pick is Gold Coast number 16 now Gold Coast have done very well over the last couple of years they've got Lacocious who can play forward or back they've got Rankin who's going to be coming back next year mm-hmm uh, and he's going to play, you know, half forward. He can play two of the midfielders. They've taken two of the best midfielders in this draft, slash yep. also players who can go forward. Mm-hmm. What am I wanting at this point? I want a general. I want someone that I can build my back line around. I want someone who's, mm. go- who's going to pump the ball out there and make sure that it moves into the forward line because that's somewhere where they've struggled, and that's Will Gould. Yep. You wrote the name down before I even got it out. <laughs> I did, yeah. You know how much I love this as kid. As soon as you said general in the back line, I was like, I know who this is. Yeah, you know how much I love this kid. He, just his presence on the field, it oozes leadership. And look, he's he's one of those guys that you can build a back line around. He's not that key position player. He's too small to do that. Mm-hmm. But he just gives his his whole heart to everything he's do- he does. He just yep. throws himself at the ball. He's a massive tackler. He's a gra- He's got great speed. You wouldn't expect it from him just to look at him because he looks a bit sort of doughy, <laughs> which I suppose a lot of them do. They're young blokes. But um, 
He's got he's got a great burst of speed. He's got a lot of strength. He reads the ball very well, and he's got a monster kick on him. This guy mm. can launch the ball 50, 60 meters if he has to. Yeah, so, I'm sort of thinking, <clears throat> is there a little bit of Michael Hibbard at his peak about him? Is, there's a little bit of Michael Hibbard. There's a lot of Shannon Hearn about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, true. Just that general bullocking strength mm. in the back line who can monster a ball 50 meters if they need it. Yeah. So, and, you know, for Gold Coast, they might just need someone to take the ball and bomb it out for a couple of seasons <laughs> and see if they can get it anywhere near Rankin or Ainsworth, who can do a little bit of X-factor damage if the ball moves past the halfway mark. Absolutely. And, and a lot of pressure to put on a young guy in his first year, but a bit of leadership and composure in yeah. Gold Coast's back line wouldn't go astray either. Exactly. And he's a, he's, a, a, he's a South Australian boy from memory. I think he comes from Glenelg. He's played a lot you of... You think uh, correctly. He played a lot of senior football in the he Sandfall did, yeah. as well this year. He so played very well. He'll be able to step in and play straight away. Exactly. And having that senior experience is huge. Uh, so I think that's a great pick for the Gold Coast have sl- uh, just absolutely gunned this draft so yeah, far. Yeah, I me. agree. I think they got a... Do they have another pick as well? Yeah. They yeah. do, yep. So... Um, uh, fantasy-wise? Fantasy-wise, yes. I'm interested. All in. So this, this is a very interesting one because he's one, especially if he goes to Gold Coast, who can get a fair few plus sixes down there. Yeah. They're going to want to get the ball in his S- Salary cap, I'm probably most interested in. And, and with the, um, uh, the kick-in rule, uh, so he's going mm. to get three points for every kick in. They're going to get scored a lot against still Gold Coast, yeah. and he's going to be a very good person to kick you in. You reckon out he'll be that. a? They'll give him kick in duties first year. I think it's considering they gave Jack Lacocious kick in duties a fair bit last year, and yeah, but Lacocious was talked up as like a generational talent. Oh, he is. Don't get me wrong, but he's still not the best player to have in that role, in my opinion. Will Gould is much better than Lacocious would be mm, at that kick in role. Interesting. So, Jack Lacocious, don't get me wrong, is a better player than mm-hmm. Will Gould, but Will Gould is much better suited to it. Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh, okay, next pick, number 17, Brisbane. Now, Brisbane, kind of like the Bulldogs, they've got a nicely balanced team at the moment. Really hard to sort of predict what they'll do. Yeah. So, if I'm Brisbane, I'm wanting to add a little bit more X factor in somewhere if I can. And if there's one place I want to do that, I want to do it in the forward line. Lincoln McCarthy is that forward who can take leap up jump and take some massive marks yep. cause the pressure down there yep. we all know what um, his injury history though yeah that's a little bit iffy they want Cam Rayner to move into the forward into the mid more into the midfield and off of half forward as mm-hmm. he develops yep uh, and you know Charlie Cameron uh, oh, yeah. obviously well. he's just an absolute gun but I think they'll want someone to partner with him mm-hmm. and, and I think that person is going to be Cody Waitman so, Cody Waitman is by far the best small forward available. He has slid a long way. There's a lot of people predicting him to go around 11 or 12, mm. maybe even 10th in this draft. So, he has slid down. His crumbing skills are incredible. He's, nat- he's just got that natural goal sense about him, uh, very much like a Charlie Cameron is. Uh, but something a little bit different to Charlie Cameron is he's got that explosive leap. And for his size, he's a very good overhead mark. Which, again, if Lincoln McCarthy does unfortunately go down with another injury, mm. that's just, he's the sort of player that could step right in and fill that role. I think he's going to be one of the better small forwards to come out of this draft. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a perfect fit for Brisbane at this point. I think he's just too good to pass up. He's just that naturally talented. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, like you said, people have been talking him up for the late what is it? Early teens. Early, Early teens. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, for Brisbane to get him here, it gives them a bit of insurance for McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They, 
And if he's not playing, he just means he has time to develop. Exactly. Um, he's the one that they've talked about as potentially like the next Jamie Elliott, haven't they? Yes, yeah. So um, he's, he's got that ability to play tall. He mm-hmm. works really hard. Great work ethic. Can really sort of add to the, that culture they're building up there. Yeah, I'd, I'd be super happy. And for fantasy, it's a no. Yeah, Small absolutely. Forwards, absolutely no. Uh, number 18 is Geelong. They've got their second pick here. So... Geelong missed out on the inside midfielder earlier when they made the bid on Finn McGuinness, mm-hmm. but they, they picked up a, a key position player, which they would love. Mm-hmm. I'm looking back towards the inside midfielder again, and I'm taking Cooper Stevens. So Cooper Stevens is just that strong, bullocking ball winner who has great disposal by hand, and one little difference he has, which sets him apart from other pure inside mids, um, obviously the ones coming later in the draft, the inside mids earlier have <laughs> yep. already have those extreme level of skills. Um, he's got that explosive pace heading out of the pack. So he's got that burst of speed. He's not he's not going to be able to outrun a lot of people over you know 50 meters or 40 meters, but over that first 10 to 15, he's going to be able to burst out of tackles. Um, and I just think that with all the sort of elder players that are going to be exiting Geelong's midfielder over the next few years this is another sort of guy that you can slot straight in there and mm-hmm. expect the same level of consistency week in and week out. Yeah, I note too he uh, is from the Geelong Falcons, which probably See, can't another, hurt. Yeah, this is another <laughs> thing. So they love taking their local boys. They really and do. I guarantee you know, they would have had guys like Matty Scarlett out there scouting this guy. Yeah. So Cooper Stevens for me, is a, definitely a great pickup for Geelong. Yeah, a little bit under the radar too because he uh, broke his leg this year, didn't he? Yes, yeah. So he has fallen down a little bit more considering what his talent levels are. Mm-hmm. But once he recovers from that, because again, Geelong don't need him this year. They need him for the next few Absolutely. years. Absolutely, I can't argue with that. But they definitely need to start thinking about how they're going to replace their Selwoods and Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Dangerfield is going to play a lot forward for the next few years because he's just getting... His yeah. body's got to be taking a lot of hits. Duncan's yeah. not as young as you think. No, Duncan's been around forever. Uh, Menegol has been around forever. For a long time. So their midfield is going to... Uh, Gary Ablett, obviously, as well. This their is mid- his last year. Yeah, their midfield is going to be decimated in two to three years' time, and they need to start planning now. Yeah. Uh, and cool. Stephen Wells is the man to do it, let's just face it. Oh, yeah, he, he whatever he does will work mm-hmm. out. He okay. doesn't make mistakes. Port Adelaide. Uh, now, Port, they've so they've sewn up that key position spot... And you know what? I think they're just going to throw caution to the wind and take someone who's got that bit of X factor, something a little bit different to offer. Uh, because they've got in their midfield, they've got a lot of those you know high possession guys that don't do a whole lot with the ball. They've got a lot they've, of balls. They've got a lot of Ollie Wines. They've got Sam Powell Pepper. You know Dursma. He's a high possession getter and a good run and carry player with a good kick. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't quite have the X factor of a lot of players. Butters is very good at that, so yeah. he will be one to watch. But I'm taking Miles Bergman at this point if I'm Port Adelaide. So he's a midfielder forward. He's he's not too tall. He's about 189, 83 kilos. Uh, he's he just got a, such a strong leap. He's a good marker. He's a long kick. So he's probably rivals Gould for the longest kick in the uh, the draft this year. He's just a massive kick, and he's one of those high impact players per possession. So he doesn't get a lot of it. But when he does get the ball, he has a huge impact on the play. So he's just that playmaker that I think Port Adelaide could really use. Because, they again, older players, players like Robbie Gray, who's just been a centre point for yeah. them for so many years and bringing in the crowds, he's not getting any younger. I'm not saying that this is the sort of guy that could exactly replace him, but this guy will put bums on seats. He's a very good player to watch. So yep. if I'm Port, I'm really happy to get Miles Bergman at this point. 
and, but it's a no for fantasy for me. Again, low high, possession, low possessions, but high impact. So definitely a no for fantasy. Yep, I um, yeah, it's a good sell. I can't really argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Richmond. Uh, look, we all know what Richmond does. They, it, it doesn't seem to matter over the past few years who they've picked. They just mold the. They're like the Hawthorne. Uh, so they're like today's Hawthorne. They'll just mold that player into whatever role they need him to play, and he will play that role effectively. Yeah. One thing that I could see them wanting this year is a little bit of outside run, a little bit of dash, particularly after losing Ellis. Yeah. Um, and a, that bit of run and carry, someone who can link up the play. And I think they're getting a bargain here with uh, Jeremy Sharp from WA. So, uh, yeah, okay. Frio, again, your lot won't be too happy about this because I think they were desperately hoping he would slide a few picks to their next pick, which is in the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy Sharp's too good for me to pass up here as a Richmond team. He's a line breaker. He just takes on players with his run. So if he if he has the ball and he's, you know, a metre, a metre or halfway, he doesn't care if the other guy's chasing him down. He will take on that play. Um, he's got good composure as well which I know that Damien Hardwick would love. So someone who can really sum up the play and kick the ball to a leading forward, I think that's perfect for what Richmond need. And yeah, he's, he's been one of the better players, won all, uh, all Australian honours in the under-18 for WA this yep. year. He's just going to be a gun. Yeah, so. absolutely. Good tank. Um, and I think he can. they can give, it, give him a little bit of time to develop to learn their game style. They could, but he's like you say, he's got a good tank and he could play right away if necessary. I, I think you're probably right. But he right. won't. He won't, he he won't, won't. though, yeah. Um, it, it would take a lot of injuries for that to happen. But, you know, you again, if you're Richmond, you're super happy to pick up Jeremy Sharp here. Yeah, no, he's a good player. <laughs> so, pick 21 is Gold Coast. And, yeah, so Gold Coast... I think they're just... So they've, they've done a lot of good drafting so far. I think they're just going to want to maybe add another midfielder into the mix. Maybe, never have maybe too someone, many mix. Exact, exact, Particularly for Gold Coast. They just need <laughs> some more rotations through there. Uh, someone who can really rack up a lot of the ball. Uh, so they're going to put another father-son bid here. So they're mm-hmm. going to put a bid in on uh, Port Adelaide father-son player <coughs> Jackson Mead. So Jackson Mead, he's a, a ball-winning midfielder. He's a utility, so he can play in a lot of different positions. Uh, depending on where he's needed, which would be great for Gold Coast. But unfortunately, Port Adelaide are going to match it, no questions asked. (laughs) So this is a guy who they can take their time developing. He's got good skills. He can kick goals. Uh, If necessary, he can play in the back line. But he is a high ball... He's a, a great possession winner in the midfield as well. So... He's someone that they can give a bit of time to in the sandfall to let him develop, let his yep. body build up because he's, you know, 184, 80 kegs. He'll need just that little bit of time. Mm. And, yeah, I think they'd be super happy just picking up that father-son pick. Yeah, I agree that um, Port will match here. Pick 22 for Gold Coast. Okay, we've already established that they can't take a key position player. Mm-hmm. What do they want? They want, for me, someone who can produce something in their forward line. Who can do? Mm-hmm. Who can? Who has that goal sense? Who has that zip? Who has the ability to kick a goal out of absolutely nothing? Because yeah. while Rankin is definitely going to do that, he is an absolute gun. I think they'll want him to move onto a wing or onto half, more of a half forward position rather At than a true point, forward yeah. pocket for the whole of his career. Yeah. And like we've talked about with a couple of other teams, having two good small forwards just gives you that yeah. much more versatility and explosiveness. And they also want line. Ainsworth playing a high half forward as well true. through the midfield. True. So they want a true small forward. And for me, they're taking just a small reach because 
This guy, for me, jumps up just a little bit given his role and his abilities, and that's Elijah Taylor, who, mm. again, is another one that Freo will be pissed that he's <laughs> off the board right now. So, this guy is just an extremely talented, evasive, mercurial small forward who just picks the ball up off the ground and can kick it over his body and seems to find the goals more often than not. He takes a high mark as well, which is rare for um, for someone of his size. He's only, you know, 185. He's, he's quite scrawny, 75 kilos, so he's got a little bit of developing to do, but they just need to find someone who can do something a little bit different and someone who can bring in viewers as well, bring in the fans. Absolutely. He, he will definitely be able to do that. Like, yeah. mercurial is the right word for him. Yes, it is. So it's... When we uh, compare him to Liam Henry... So, Liam Henry is much more consistent in what he does than Elijah Taylor, which is what pushes Taylor back a fair bit in the draft rankings. Because if Elijah Taylor did what he does consistently, he would be right up there in this draft. Yeah. Do you see him being able to play... Uh, a half forward role as well, or is he more just to stay at home I think, forward? I think he's like an like obviously I I don't like comparing to to great players for mm-hmm. when you're pushing back in the draft, but he's like a permanent small forward in like an Eddie Betts or Charlie Cameron, yeah. someone like that. He's he's going to play as a pure small forward for his career. Yep, which from a fantasy perspective makes him a big no. Exactly, no to Elijah Taylor. Um, so uh, Brisbane have pick number twenty three now, uh, and I think. They're going to want someone who's maybe can play off the wing on the other side with uh, with Hugh McCluggage running down the other. Yeah, Mitch Robinson's because, not going to be around for too much longer. And, and again, they've they've got a well balanced team at the moment. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of key position players who are still developing and going to play for a fair few years. We don't want yep. none of that. Mm-hmm. They've got some half backs. They've got some half forwards. Good midfield. So. I want some outside run. I want some dash. I don't care if it takes a bit of time to develop. I want Will Day. So, Will Day is a great outside ball winner. He's, he's got great speed. He's got quality skills. He can play as a halfback if you need him to, but I think he is a more naturally talented wingman, and he can move the ball down the field quite quickly as well. So, I think from, from that point of view, Brisbane would be super happy to get him. He's very lightly framed, only one... Uh, he's 189, so he's, he's not short, but he's... 76. Only 76 kilos, yeah. so he's got a bit of developing still in him. So we, I think they can afford to let him do that. And yeah. and yeah, they, they'll be super happy with the outcome in a few years' time. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, cool. So again, it's one of those teams where they've got a good balance. They can take they're, a bit of a punt. They're in the premiership window. You can take a punt with some of these guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, on to Frio. So... Frio aren't particularly happy at this point that a lot of the WA boys have been taken. <laughs> I reckon they would have loved a few of those guys you've taken a already. A lot of WA boys have been taken. So I think while they're not specifically looking for that, they will be happy that one is still on the board. One of the big boys is still there, and that's Trent Rivers, and they're snapping him up with pick 24. Yeah, I thought you might go Rivers. I'm not convinced he's necessarily what they need. I don't. Uh, Frio need pretty much everything for me. Uh, it's that's that yeah. sounds really cruel. No, yeah, it's it's accurate. You need class, and this guy brings class, and he brings efficiency coming out of the back line. Now, one thing that I think that you guys lack uh, is that great uh, skilled player who can deliver it to Andrew Brayshaw to Andrew Chera because. Chera has been played in the back line a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. I think he more naturally moves onto a wing as his career progresses. Agreed, yeah. And I think that Trent Rivers is a much more natural halfback. 
Uh, he's less of an intercepting player than a Luke Ryan who can play more of a lockdown role and mm-hmm. actually mark, take the ball, mark it. Uh, and he's more of an accumulator off of halfback. So I think he will play off of Luke Ryan very well. Mm-hmm. And again, like I say, he's a much better kick than a lot of the guys in Fremantle's team. Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Wilson honestly did not look <clears throat> like he was best 22 a lot at the time this year, which is odd to say because I thought he would have been one of the best players coming out of the back line for you guys. Yeah, I think Frio was just in inner turmoil a lot mm. of last year. So, And I think just having this guy moving off of halfback, considering you've already taken Liam Henry, who's going to be a great forward, and Devin Robertson, who's going to be a great midfielder, mm. I think this balances out your draft picks for the year. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I guess I just looking at Frio last year, and I get your point that the rebound from halfback wasn't great mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I just feel like Frio has a lot of halfbacks. Yeah. They might not all be great ones, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really like Rivers. I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to be very relevant fantasy-wise mm-hmm. as well throughout his career. Because yeah. like you said, he can. he's an accumulator who rebounds. He'll stay a defender pretty much his whole career, I'd expect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not 100% sold that he's what Frio we'll be looking at Mm -hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because the next few players see if you spot anyone else that you think might slot more efficiently into what Frio's needs are Mm -hmm. Um, okay so we'll move on to Adelaide who have picked 25 Uh, Sam DeConning I think Adelaide are going to take a punt on Sam DeConning here now this guy is going to take a fair few years to develop he is a raw athletic key defender who is going to be found out if he plays AFL too quickly. Yeah. Adelaide have the the back line at the moment to cover for that. They don't need someone to play now, but um, Dode has had his injury problems, but he's also not as young as a lot of people think. He was a mature age pick. Uh, Talia is older than a lot of people think as well. I, think he's I a, always forget how old Talia yeah, is. Yeah, I think he's uh, 27, something like that. Yeah. So this this is the sort of guy that they can develop in the sandful for three to four years and have playing when he's closer to 22, 23. Uh, as in breaking into the best 22 yeah, when uh, he's that age. 201 centimetres, but only 86 kilos. Exactly. Yeah, case in point, he needs to pack on a bit of muscle. Yeah, so he's got great closing speed, so he can close down the... Uh, uh, for the spoil very quickly and he's got that great size but again I just don't think that Gold Coast can afford that sort of player at the moment because if anything when he starts to hit his peak he's going to leave Gold Coast <laughs> I think Gold Coast really need to put a team together that can play on the park regularly develop some chemistry and develop a bond yeah I I agree with that uh, and particularly taking Sam DeConning out of uh, Vic Country uh, with Dandenong um, they haven't had a great record with holding on to interstate players. Um, so they've gone with the tactic of drafting a lot of South Australian boys to try and keep them together. I think it's a good idea to take Noel Anderson and Matt Rowell because they're best mates to keep yeah, them together. Yeah, they want to play together. And they'll build a team around that. But for me, I think that uh, Elijah Taylor was a better fit back at pick 22 for Gold Coast. And Sam DeConning for Adelaide is a great selection because... Again, they can take their time and have someone for the future if that punt pays off. Yep. No, I, I like it. I like it. The, uh, the, um, ideally, I think they probably would love to double up with more pace through the midfield, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how much more there is in this sort of there's, there's um, a little tier bit. of players. There's a little bit, but I think Sam DeConning is just that one that you can take a punt on at this stage of the draft. Mm. Uh, so, next pick was Geelong with pick 26. Look, Geelong, they've taken that inside midfielder. They've taken that key position. 
player. I want more of an outside running midfielder. Um, so someone to replace who, a Duncan, maybe exactly. Some some point in the future, uh, I'm taking Mitch O'Neill. So this is the first Tasmanian boy. He's got he was talked up about being a top ten player, but he struggled a little bit this year. Um, and he's just so polished. He's got great running carry. He's he's one of those sort of natural footballers. Just yeah, everything sort of comes naturally to them. He's got great game sense. He doesn't necessarily do any one thing particularly amazingly, but he does everything well. So I think this sort of outside run that he provides would be very useful for Geelong in the future. Uh, and he, he will be a, a good midfielder. He's a bit undersized, but Geelong haven't necessarily shied away from that in the past. Which is So Stephen Wells, if anyone, wouldn't care as much about his size because he's only no. 182 centimetres. No, that's okay. As, as an outside player, you can get away with that yeah. anyway. So uh, Okay, Sydney. So Sydney have picked 27. And look, this guy's moved up the draft rankings a fair bit. Uh, he's done, He did very well at the draft combine. Uh, it's based off of his precision, his consistency. Uh, Trent Bianco. So I'm taking Trent Bianco here. He's a, a defender midfielder. He can play in whatever role you prefer, which, again, we all know how much the Swans love their dual position players. Yep. Uh, it might, you know, one day allow Callum Mills... You know, we've all got our fingers crossed that at some stage Callum Mills makes it into the uh, midfield. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen at this point. <laughs> but this guy could play in the back line in a similar sort of role because he's just got that great consistency, that great vision about him as well he can spot up players very well and he's got good endurance as well so he could start to play quite early so I'm not 100% sure whether or not he would get games in the best 22 very quickly but if necessary if there are some injuries he can come in in 2020 for the Swans yeah Sydney are another team that don't always play their rookies early Mm -hmm. sometimes they do but not always so yeah I think he might take a little while there to develop. He's the he was the um, the third pillar of the Rao Anderson midfield during the finals, wasn't he? He was, yes. Yeah, so yeah, and he Bianco sort of was. held his own in that midfield. Mm-hmm. So he's um, yeah, he's a really good player, able to hold his own in a strong midfield, mm-hmm. win plenty of the ball, and do enough with it. So yeah, I think I think he's a very good Sydney like player. He fits mm. the mold. So Sydney for me have also done very well out of this draft, picking players for roles that they need, but also that fit their team structure. So yeah. the, the sort of model players that they like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, speaking of model players that they like, number 28, North Melbourne. Uh, if I'm North, I'm taking Jay Rantel here. Now, this is another guy that has really bolted up the draft rankings. Um, he wasn't talked about a lot but he was playing basketball a couple of years ago. We all know what basketball is. Yeah, the most amazing Dude, football yeah, players exactly. in history. Yeah, clearly they are. Well, Scott Pendlebury basically ruined basketball as coming into the AFL because Pretty they much. instantly become better than every other player. Pretty much. Um, in draft rankings, at least. So That's what I'm putting down in my notes. Ex-basketball. Ex-basketball. Write it down, man. Because, and look, this guy is an endurance beast as well. He's got the run and carry. He's ready to go. He's a really good inside ball winner. He's a great distributor, which is odd. So it's... Look, again, I'm not comparing him to Scott Pendlebury. <laughs> I, I refuse to Most do that. ballers need really good hands. Yeah, and, and this guy is a great user of the ball in close. And mm. that's one of the differences he provides. Look, North Melbourne do have a lot of this sort of player. 
Uh, they've got the Ahearns. They've got, you know, um, I'm forgetting about uh, Luke Davis, Uniaki, mm-hmm. um, Zebel, obviously. They've I love got how Cunnington. you're still pumping up LDU. Cunnington, I love my. I, love <laughs> I love how you're still LDU. pumping him love up. Love me a bit of LDU, Matt. He's going to change to another team and he's going to be good there. <laughs> he's going to be good, I swear. <laughs> but I think that this is the sort of model player that North Melbourne like to pick up. And I think that just his abilities will really, really benefit. Uh, playing at North Melbourne. Um, yeah, okay. So I think that this is a really good pickup for them. And because he's a bolter, he's a little bit of a uh, a reach. Mm-hmm. But again, I just think he provides something a little bit different to some of the other guys in the draft at this point. Cool, um, all All right, so the next pick is North Melbourne again at 29. Mm-hmm. And they're taking someone a little bit different here. So they're going with a crafty forward in yep. Dylan Williams who is another one who slid a little bit. So they'd be very happy to get him here. A lot of people ranking him around about 20 or so, mm-hmm, um, early mm-hmm. 20s. So getting him at 29 is incredibly good. He's a great mark for his size, 185 centimeters. He's a, again, he's just one of those natural forwards. So he's got that goal sense and they need something a little bit different up there. I think they, they've got a lot of same, same aside from Ben Brown. It's it's just kick it to Ben Brown and hope for the best. Pretty realistically. much. Yeah. Larky showed, showed some good signs he, this he year. It didn't but, look too bad. But yeah, they need, um, like we were, we were talking a bit earlier about those mercurial mm-hmm. um, X-Factor type yeah. forwards. They need Isn't something it, like that. I think he's sort of, if you were to compare him to someone like a Mark Lacroix, would be, would be good. Okay, he's, a, yep. he's a leading forward who can take a decent mark he's good overhead mm-hmm. but he's got a great goal sense as well so he can do a little bit of everything in the forward line so that general forward line player mm. is what north need for me uh and the last pick so the last pick we'll be doing in this mock draft pick number 30 is adelaide again and i think adelaide are super happy to take this guy with their last pick he's i know exactly what you're going to say <laughs> that okay. he doesn't fit what they need and he doesn't for realistically he doesn't fit exactly what they need but he's too good to leave on the board at this stage that's harry schoenberg so harry schoenberg is an inside midfielder mm-hmm. <laughs> i can yeah. see your face okay uh woodville west Torrens. so he's a south australian boy he's just got that courageous play about him he's a cons- he's a consistent player contested beast he wins the footy on the move which is something that not a lot of the other inside mids do mm-hmm. for um for adelaide they're quite they tend to be a little bit more stationary matt crouch in particular is more stationary we know what cam ellis yolman used to do uh, <laughs> yeah. but he moves through the traffic a little bit more fluently when he's getting the ball which is something a little bit different to what the others do he's a little bit smaller as well but uh, at 180 centimetres, but captain of the uh, the South Australian team uh, in the under-18s comp. He, he's just an absolute gun, and they'll be super happy to keep another South Australian boy in Adelaide. But and Christian, he's not what they need. He's not necessarily what they need, but again, it's one of those cases of best, best available. available and too good not to take the hometown boy. Okay. He's, yeah, he's when you get to this stage of the draft... You can either take a punt and reach for someone who you think will fill a need or who you think will provide that X factor, do something like that. Or you can go with a guy... It, it's similar to... Uh, oh, who am I thinking of? Um, from last year, it was taken by Fremantle. Uh, around about pick 30. Valente? Valente, thank you. He's one of those safe picks yeah. that you know will develop and eventually <clears throat> become a good role player for your team. Yeah. Doesn't matter what role you put them in, he's got a good footy brain and he can play whatever you need him to. Yeah, I, I 
Yeah, okay, so fair enough. It's it's tough to take players at this point of the ball because realistically, yes, you could take another uh, lockdown small defender maybe for Adelaide. You could look at that. You could look at another crafty forward. You could look at maybe a key position forward because they lost Jenkins and they're moving Walker on. Yep. But there's not really someone that's jumping yeah, out you're at me at this stage of the draft. Someone. So yeah. I'm super happy taking Schoenberg at this stage mm-hmm. of the draft. And I know a lot of people from Adelaide will be as well. Fair enough. Um, I just realised too, those last few picks that we've been looking at, we haven't been talking fantasy-wise. Any of them interesting you at all? The only one from the last 10 that have really has any interest for me is Trent Rivers, but that's not for some time. He's not going to play a lot next year if he plays with Fremantle. Mm-hmm. Uh but when he does, he's an accumulating halfback, so very, very interesting to watch. Keep an eye on him. Yep, fair enough. And that's it. That's the only fair ones enough. I would be looking at. Cool. You want me to run through them quickly? Let's do it. Quickly yep, run through them. For those the draft playing order, at mate. home. So starting from pick number one on, we've got Gold Coast with Raul, Gold Coast with Anderson, Melbourne with Young, GWS with Green, Adelaide with Stevens, Sydney with Flanders, Frio with Robertson, Frio again with Henry, <laughs> with a father-son. Beaten to the uh, yeah, I'm sorry, a... Uh, Academy bit. That's the one. Uh, Melbourne with Sarong, Carlton with Ash, Hawthorne with Jackson, very early in my opinion. <laughs> uh, Port with uh, McCassie, uh, Bulldogs with Kemp, Hawks matching the father-son for McInnes, Geelong going after Worrell, Gold Coast going after Gould, Brisbane with Waitman, Geelong with Stevens, Port Bergman, Richmond Sharp, uh, Port matching the bid for Mead, Gold Coast with Taylor, Brisbane with Day, Frio with Rivers. Love that pick. Uh, which I feel a little bit better now after seeing those other picks that come up afterwards. Uh, Adelaide with DeConning, Geelong with O'Neill, Sydney with Bianco, North with Rantel, North with Williams, and to finish us off, Adelaide with Schoenberg. And you know, if I'm any one of those teams, I'm pretty happy with my draft haul so far. So you know, there's a lot of other teams, obviously, who haven't had picks so far. West Coast, Essendon, those sorts of guys. Yep. I could not. I thought at one stage I might look at who they might take with their first pick, but I You're just gonna have to do it. I could not. Be <laughs> that, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, they're going to have some pretty bare-looking draft at the end of the day. They'll find some gems yeah, somewhere. So I, I think again, they, any of these teams will be super happy from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, those guys at the top end, yeah. particularly those midfielders, they're the ones that you want to target in your keeper league top up drafts yep. none of these yep. guys should really I wouldn't think be looked at in your standard draft league redraft no nah. maybe Raul very very late super late if he has maybe forward status although he should be a pure midfielder which but no yeah. one else no he, for me uh, if Devin Robertson gets regular games next year which he should mm-hmm. uh, Devin Robertson and Raul are the two who have the ability to score like uh, Sam Walsh did this year, and that's saying something. Yeah, so there are two players in this year's draft that could score Sam Walsh sort of numbers, which would be Ooh, incredible. That would be amazing to see. I hope it happens. That would be amazing. <laughs> so to do see. I. And on that note, we're going to finish the podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think of the draft. Absolutely, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, thank you, Christian. I know you put a huge <laughs> amount of time and effort into doing all of this. I just 
sit on my ass and come in and try and pick apart your arguments. Yeah, I'm so, so I'm so glad that that is done because that was a lot of work. I mean, it's a labour of love. I, I love keeping an eye on the under eighteen players and seeing how they go through the year because it is huge for fantasy relevance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, until next year, obviously we will be doing this again in 2020 because this has become a bit of an annual tradition. Absolutely. Uh, and while we are finished for podcasts for 2019, this will be our last one mm-hmm. for this year. We will be back early next year in the pre-season, maybe even a little bit before that to start previewing yep. the fantasy season ahead Absolutely. and start helping you put your salary cap teams together or put together your draft watch list. So thank you again for joining us. Get in touch with us on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU to let us know what you thought of the draft picks that I made. And until next year, I've been Christian. Matt, thanks so much for joining me again. Anytime. And we'll catch you in 2020. Catch you.